Hey, I'm Vanessa, and this is my podcast, A Journey with Vanessa Chu. If you haven't done so already, click the follow button and subscribe to my show so you know when I release a new episode. I would really appreciate it. I guess this is part three of my series on forgiveness. I originally planned it to be a two-parter, but I have so much more to share with you about what I've learned. I invite you to listen to part one and two first so you know the full context of what I talked about, but here is a short recap. Part one was how to forgive someone who broke your heart. I shared my story of how one of my closest friends told me he was in love with me and I felt the same way about him, except he was and still is married. I talked about how things ended between us and how I really struggled to forgive him for how he handled the situation. But I've learned about the power of forgiveness and how it's about forgiving him and me for my sake so I can move forward in my life without holding all that pain and anger. Part two last week was how to forgive yourself. And I talked about how difficult it has been to forgive myself for being the other woman and how I've learned that having compassion for myself and others is important on my journey of self-forgiveness. Being vulnerable is also something that has helped me on this journey, and that's what I want to talk about in this episode. I've been using the Clubhouse app on occasion, and I recently came across a great and timely discussion on forgiveness and the power of letting go. And one of the things that kept coming up was that vulnerability is a superpower. As soon as I heard that, I loved it and I 100% agree. Being vulnerable and open and honest about my struggles has helped me immensely on the journey toward forgiving myself. Vulnerability is something Brene Brown is very familiar with. Yes, I'm mentioning her again in this episode because she's awesome and her work is awesome. She has written countless books and articles on vulnerability that have been so meaningful and helpful to me. I really love this quote from her. Vulnerability sounds like truth and feels like courage. Truth and courage aren't always comfortable, but they're never weakness. In her book, Daring Greatly, which I've read three times because it's so good, she talks about her own struggles with being vulnerable. She writes, We love seeing raw truth and openness in other people, but we're afraid to let them see it in us. We're afraid that our truth isn't enough, that what we have to offer isn't enough without the bells and whistles, without editing and impressing. This is so true for me. I think other people, like Brene, are so brave for sharing their stories and their struggles. But sometimes I'm scared of sharing my truth and being open because of my fears of being judged. Brene has also said, vulnerability is not winning or losing. It's having the courage to show up and be seen when we have no control over the outcome. Vulnerability is not weakness. It's our greatest measure of courage. Sometimes I think it's much easier to hide these things and we don't want to be vulnerable and we don't want to talk about it, especially when we think what we did was immoral. But when we hide, we live in shame and we don't actually learn and grow and become better. And shame loves the darkness. That's where it thrives. That's where it takes a hold on us and brings us down deeper into self-hatred. So how do we get out of shame? How do we get out of that darkness? Bring it into the light. Talk about it. Name it. 
Easier said than done, I know. I'll bring up Brene Brown's book, Daring Greatly, again here because she has a full chapter in it on shame. And one of my favorite parts is where she writes, Shame derives its power from being unspeakable. That's why it loves perfectionists. It's so easy to keep us quiet. If we cultivate enough awareness about shame to name it and speak to it, we've basically cut it off at the knees. If we speak shame, it begins to wither. Just the way exposure to light was deadly for the gremlins, language and story bring light to shame and destroy it. Sharing my story about being the other woman was one of the most uncomfortable and vulnerable things I've ever done. And it was difficult for me to talk about because, like I said earlier, I was afraid of what my family and friends would think, the people who actually know me. I was afraid that it would taint all the good that I had done in my past and the good that I want to do in the present and the future. I was afraid that it would change their opinion of me and they wouldn't trust me anymore. I was afraid that they would think I was a bad person. But I know I have no control over other people's thoughts. I can't control what you think of my story or what you think of me. All I can do is show up. But it's true. Showing up and being vulnerable is very uncomfortable sometimes. Taking my mask off was hard and it was scary. But like I mentioned in one of my previous episodes, being vulnerable is hard but worth it. I believe that learning and growth happens when you're pushed out of your comfort zone. The last few episodes have been the most raw and publicly open I've ever been in my life. But I'm glad I did it. I'm glad I can finally be open and honest about my life and my struggles and not allow the past to define me. Because I am not my past. In Marissa Peer's book, Ultimate Confidence, which you've probably heard me mention before in a few of my other episodes, there's a section where she says that it's so important to tell yourself that you are enough and that your past is not you. I've been working on my mindset a lot in the last little while and reminding myself that I am not my past. This story is part of my journey and has certainly shaped who I am today, but it does not define me. This experience has been one of the most significant things that has happened in my life so far, mostly because it has taught me to have compassion for others and myself, but it's also significant because I believe it's a big part of shaping the purpose I have for my life now and how I want to help people through their grief and loss too. I've had this feeling for a very, very long time that there must be some purpose, some reason that I went through all that pain and hurt. It was hell for me probably the worst time in my life. And maybe now I'm figuring out why I went through that hell and how it has helped me become the person I want to be and how it's helping me find and fulfill my purpose. And I guess sometimes our circumstances lead us to our purpose. Brene Brown has a wonderful podcast called Unlocking Us. And in one of her episodes, she speaks with David Kessler, a grief expert and author. They were talking about grief and loss and discussing how acceptance is not enough. They brought up another layer to grief, which is finding meaning. I know it's not enough for me to accept what happened with me and this person and the loss of our friendship and the pain I went through. I must find meaning in what happened. I've always felt really strongly about finding meaning in the losses I've experienced, especially in my relationships. While I accept that loss is a part of life, 
that's not the end for me. It's important for me to ask myself, what can I do to create meaning with what happened? Even though I questioned why I was going through that tremendous pain at the time, I had a feeling that I wouldn't know the reason until later. And sometimes this is the thing with finding meaning in our loss. We may not discover it right away. I needed to figure out what that meaning was for myself. Nobody could do that for me. David Kessler wrote a book called Finding Meaning, The Sixth Stage of Grief. And in it, he writes, Each person's grief is as unique as their fingerprint. But what everyone has in common is that no matter how they grieve, they share a need for their grief to be witnessed. That doesn't mean needing someone to try to lessen it or reframe it for them. The need is for someone to be fully present to the magnitude of their loss without trying to point out the silver lining. Pointing out the silver lining when I was in the worst of my grief was definitely not helpful to me. It made my pain worse. But as I reflect on that time now, I think the purpose of going through that journey of grief, heartbreak, and self-hate was to rise up from it with a different mindset and a renewed sense of myself. It has been a very transformative time for me, and I know that who I was then is not who I am now. If my purpose on this earth is to give my best to the world and my community and loved ones, I must be able to face up to my missteps, address them, accept them, and move through them. And while I'm moving through them, to never forget the power of forgiveness and compassion for myself and for others. And as I'm going through this now in my personal journey, I'd love to support and help people in theirs. I'm Vanessa, and this is A Journey with Vanessa Chu. I'm so grateful that you've taken the time to listen this week. The last few episodes have been a really big deal to me, and I've been a little bit anxious about releasing them, but I've had a strong feeling about sharing my story for a while now. The resources and books I've mentioned in this episode are listed in my show notes, and if I can help you in any way with your journey in grief and loss, you can reach out to me at vanessachu.com slash coaching.